It's wonderful to be able to gather around God's word at this time. So even though we're separated and in our households and our bubbles, uh, there's a sense where as we dig into God's word together, the Holy Spirit unites us in a very special way. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to look at your word, to explore it and come under its authority. We pray that your Holy Spirit will May it come alive and real to us this morning in a special way through Christ our Lord. Amen. Ernest Hemingway tells a story about the longing of every human heart. And it's all about a Spanish father who decides to reconcile with his son. His son had uh, they had a big fight and his son had run away to Madrid and they'd lost contact. And so the father's desperate to reconcile, but how is he to get how does he get hold of his son? So he puts an ad in the biggest newspaper in Madrid, and the ad reads like this Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana, Tuesday at noon. All is forgiven. Love Papa. And the father couldn't wait until Tuesday came round and, and so he went to the square where the hotel was but was surprised to find there were 800 young men called Paco who wanted to reconcile with their fathers. You see, Paco was a very common name in Spain. And that reflects that deep longing that we all have to have a close and warm and robust relationship with our biological, our earthly fathers. And this represents an even deeper desire, even deeper longing to have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so as we come to this second message in Ephesians, our focus will be on the Father, heart of God, and how we can be connected. So as you turn to Ephesians chapter 1, just a couple of reminders of where we are. Paul's He's in prison. He's writing this letter to the Christians in the city of Ephesus where he has a long and wonderful history and deep affection for. And he has two main goals in the letter. He wants to talk about the wonderful riches that we have in Christ and then the work, the responsibility to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. So the letter's divided into two, the riches of the church and the work of the church. Now, Paul, he's so excited about the riches of the church that after two short sentences of introduction, he writes this very long, long sentence. He just can't help himself. The the ink flows, and he writes and he writes and writes. In fact, it goes from verse 3 to verse 14, and for translators, this is a bit of a headache to translate, and so they've split it into... Uh, 12 verses and two paragraphs. But let's keep in the back of our mind that Paul is so excited about the riches that there are in Christ that he just writes and writes and writes. And he starts off very clearly setting out his agenda. And we see this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ, every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so there we have it. It's an amazing, really. It's something that we can easily gloss over, but God is saying that we have access in the here and now to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. This is so amazing. (laughs) 
that surely there must be a qualifier. Surely it's not open to all of us. Well, it is. Though there is a qualifier, there is some small print, and it's the in Christ. All of the spiritual blessings are found for those who trust and are found in Jesus. And what's the nature of these spiritual blessings? What what are they? Well, first of all, let's get this off the table. We're not talking about what we might say are physical blessings. So we're not saying that God has blessed us with financial success or we are guaranteed to reach the top of our career or we'll have perfect relationships or the best health that we can imagine. That's These are all well and good, but that's not what God is promising us here. It's every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And so... Let's see what they are. And so we can see what they are starting from verse 4. Now there are three spiritual blessings in this long sentence. Verse 4 and 5 describe the first blessing and that's all the time that we'll have to look at them today. Just the first blessing. So verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons, through Jesus Christ, in accordance to his will and pleasure. Now, there's a lot happening in these two verses. In fact, this is the the third time that I've opened up these two verses in his many messengers. But the main point that we want to get across today is towards the end of verse 5. We have been adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. This is the cornerstone of all of the wealth that flows from the heavenly realms to us. It's where we start as adopted sons and daughters. And why did Jesus do this? Why did the heavenly father set this out since before the creation of time out of love? Because it was always his plan A to have an ever expanding family of adopted sons and daughters. And praise God (laughs) that we are part of that plan. And the result of this is that that deep longing that we have within ourselves to be connected with our fathers is completely fulfilled, totally satisfied in our heavenly father. Now, some of us put up with a very mediocre relationship with God. There's a distance there for whatever reason, or we just don't think about it. But let me challenge you this morning. Do not be satisfied until you have a deep, and warm and robust relationship with your heavenly father. Do not be satisfied until you can join with Peter in his first epistles, chapter 1, verse 8. Do not be satisfied until you can say these words for your very self. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. I mean, I just love that verse. Every time I read that verse, it moves me from from a gut, really, from a deep level. Uh, And even though I'm far from perfect and my spiritual walk has its ups and downs, I have tasted and seen something of this inexpressible and glorious joy of having the creator of the universe as our heavenly father. And it's my prayer this morning that each of us will grow in that understanding and knowledge of experience with Lord Almighty. And then this brings us to the qualifier because it's only in Christ that we have this 
father heart relationship and and let's see what jesus has to say about this this qualifier of being adopted in christ in his own words in john chapter 14 verse 6 this is what he says i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me no one can come to the living god as their father except through christ now other religions don't even pretend to offer this they don't offer this intimate heavenly father relationship with the deity that they have or the the philosophy that they follow this is completely unique and is wonderful no wonder it's the first and cornerstone blessing that we have in the heavenly realms and some of you are saying well how do i sign up how do i become adopted into god's wonderful family well in gospel of john uh, right at the beginning john chapter 1 verse 12 outlines how we can be adopted verse 12 of john chapter 1 yet to all who received christ to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god you see it's as we receive christ ask him to be lord of our life as we believe what the bible says who he is as we believe what the bible says about how much trouble we're in without him and as we believe what the bible says about him dying for our sins and being raised on the third day as we believe these things then we are received we are adopted into the family of god and oh what a wonder this is and and if we think of revelations chapter to 3 verse 20 and this is how it becomes real for us jesus says behold i stand at the door and knock whoever hears my voice and opens the door I will come and eat with them and they with me. And can you see how Christ opens the way for us to sit round the wonderful meal table, the banquet table of our Heavenly Father? And we'll be doing this soon when we celebrate communion together. And so this is such an amazing experience. This is so profound, something that sadly we often take for granted, but it's so unique that the Holy Spirit has to spend so much time rewiring our brain and recoding the DNA of our heart. I mean, it's just not natural for us to think of the creator of the universe as our heavenly father. And so the New Testament drips of images of God being our father. Think of the Lord's Prayer. How does it start? Our father who art in heaven our heavenly father is how jesus instructed us to talk communicate think about our heavenly father now i used to teach in a catholic school for a good number of years i really enjoyed my time as a secondary teacher before i trained and then came into the ministry and in the catholic school we never referred to the lord's prayer by that name it was always called the our father and so it wasn't unusual for me to start the day with my form class and say, who would like to lead us in the Our Father? And one of the teenagers would. It was lovely. It was special. But I like that term, the Our Father. And let us join together in the Our Father. And while we're thinking of the um, Sermon on the Mount, there's this wonderful passage which Jesus says this. This is uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I mean, we can go on, can't we? What about the parable of the prodigal son? Two brothers. One brother runs away and squanders the inheritance. The other brother is resentful and grumpy and plain rude. And we see the father loving them both. Sometimes we're the prodigal and sometimes we're the older brother. Either way, God's patience and long-suffering is that of a father who loves us dearly. And there's so much more that can be said. And it's as we dwell and rest in these passages that reveal the Father heart of God, that the Holy Spirit rewires our brain and recodes the DNA of our heart. Now, sadly, some of us need more rewiring than others. Some of us have not or never had good relationships with our earthly, with our biological father. So let's explore this a little. Now, I'm very blessed. Uh, I grew up in a household where I sensed a real real deep love of my father towards me. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he was a great dad. He loved our mum, and he was present and attentive and interested and supportive. And so without him knowing it, he laid this wonderful foundation for me to be open to the Father heart of God. There's this positive transference from my experience to the living God. And I have much to learn, but also much to be grateful for my Father. But as I said, many of us don't have that positive experience with our fathers that we can transfer to our Heavenly Father. And so that's one, one of the reasons why it's vitally important that we all spend time in these wonderful New Testament passages that describe the Father heart of God. And the Holy Spirit, he, he loves to heal. He loves to take us from our place of pain and bring us to a place of healing and strength. So let me share a couple of stories here of the sadness, really, and the, the trauma, even, that some of us have experienced, either from absent fathers. Now, some of our fathers are absent through no fault of their own, and, and sadly, through dying while we were young. Some fathers were absent because of divorce and marriage split up. Some fathers were physically present but emotionally distanced. And, of course, some fathers, sadly, have been abusive. Listen to these stories of two adult men writing about their experience of their dad when they were growing up. The first man writes this, My father was a very serious man. I used to make up all kinds of explanations, excuses really, for why he was the way he was. The truth is I, I don't care about the reasons anymore. He died without ever telling me he loved me, without ever hugging me, without ever saying he was proud of me. I still don't understand it. It's like there's this giant hole inside of me that can never be filled. Now, this man can have a wonderful relationship with the Heavenly Father if he allows the Holy Spirit to rewire and recode his heart and his mind. But you've got to feel for him too. His father might have been physically present but was emotionally absent. And think of this story here, the second account. This man writes of his of growing up saying, I don't remember very much about my childhood. There are so many reasons to forget. My father was never home. 
Sometimes when I was already in bed and supposed to be asleep, I'd stay awake just to hear his voice when he came in. Even on weekdays, I hardly ever saw him, except for when he was all dressed up and we would all go to church. My parents broke up when I was 12, and he just sort of faded away. My mother still tells me he's a good man, but how would I know? So, when it comes to experiencing God as our Father, some of us need more rewiring than others. And some of us are so scarred that it's just hard, in fact impossible, to connect with with God as our Heavenly Father. And that's okay. Because that's where our big brother steps in. You see, this is one of the roles of Jesus. Remember early on? No one can come to the Father except through me. And he's talking to, especially to, those folk who are so scarred that they really struggle with the whole concept of any father being lover. Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, as we look to him, will show us the way to the heavenly Father. And this was reinforced in this past week as I was watching a Disney Pixar movie. The movie's called Onward. Now, it should have been a new release in the movie theatres about now, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic and all the cinemas being closed, the movie was released straight to online platforms like Disney+, Plus, Sky Movies and the like. And it's a delightful animated quest of two teenage brothers whose father died of an illness when they were very, very small. So we're talking about two boys who have always yearned to have time with their father, even if it was just one day. Now, caution before I go on. The characters in this animated movie are pixies, and there's a, they, they, they use magic. There are, are the spells and things now and again. Now, I know some Christian families are very cautious when it comes to this sort of magic. Uh, and that's fair enough, so that's a bit of a heads up there. Think of the very first Harry Potter movie, but but much milder, and that's kind of where it lies. But I tell you, in, in, in a wonderful way, it tells a story of this deep yearning to be connected with our father. Anyway, the story centres around Ian. He's the youngest. His His dad died when he was too small to have any memories of his father. He has a brother who's slightly older who has only four memories of his father and the boys grow up missing their dad so here's the trailer of the movie to set the scene what was dad like his beard was scratchy he had a goofy laugh i wish i'd met him i have something for you from your dad it's a wizard staff i wrote this spell so i could see for myself who my boys grew up to be This spell brings him back. Back like back to life? He wanted to meet you more than anything. Holy tooth of Zadar! How did you... I don't know! It just started! Hang on! Dad? Don't stop, Bart! Dad, you are in your house! Oh, boy! We've only got 24 hours to bring back the rest of Dad. And just as the great and awesome quest comes to an end, and it looks like it's going to end in tears, Ian has an aha moment. You see, he's sitting there feeling very forlorn and looking at, at all of the ways that he could have connected with his father. He'd made a checklist. 
and he'd he'd want to have a heart to heart with his dad. He'd wanted a, a driving lesson. He's a teenager with his dad. He wanted to laugh with his dad, and he was putting a great big sad cross through each one of these as his desires to spend a day with his dad were unfulfilled. And then and then he pauses for he realizes that actually his big brother had done all of these things with him. In fact, ever since he was can remember, really, his big brother had been showing him what it was like to have a father. And I thought, oh, that's so much like Jesus. He just delights to show us what our Heavenly Father is like. And so, if you struggle to connect with your Heavenly Father in that sort of way, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And he will heal those wounds and show you the Father heart of God. And of course, as we come to communion now, Christ invites you and me to his table, the table that he set, the family table. If you look to Christ, you have open access to this table and there's a place setting with your name on it. (laughs) Chosen from before time, God set his affection on you and is today saying, I am your heavenly father. I chose you. I love you. I will be with you now and always. Come to the table. Come and eat and drink. Be refreshed. Be healed. Be loved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the riches and the treasures. We thank you that you have revealed yourself in the pages of the New Testament as our loving and caring Father. And we pray for each of us, Lord, that we may understand and experience this in a fresh way. And for those particular that have had very difficult relationships with their Father, for whatever reason, whether it be absentee or or even worse, Lord, abuse, or something like that. We pray in particular for those wounded hearts that they will be healed and catch a fresh vision of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.